Salutations, and welcome to the 13th episode, the Baker's Dozen episode of the In The House podcast. I am Evan Floyd, I am your host, and I am super excited to be here this evening. Fortunately, I have backup, and today that backup comes in the form of my co-host, who is in fact coming to you live from a den of pickpockets oh, in Dickensian London, yeah. top of the morning to Andy Frederick. Hey, I, so I uh, am not a good pickpocket. No, I would and imagine you wouldn't be. What they don't tell you about pickpockets is they will stab you if you're not good. It's not much of a learning curve. No, as soon as you are bad at it. And I would imagine that being 6'5", is not no, like ideal. Yeah. They're for all being thirteen. I don't understand. Yeah. Like I don't. And and malnourished. So yeah. they're sprightly. Very small. Yeah. No. You they've you would be the, bad at this. They've got the starvation crazies. You know what I mean? I so. don't doubt that at all. Andy, we are uh, going to introduce our guest here in a second. But before we do, I wanted to check in. See, mm-hmm. uh, you feeling better about the squad after two weeks of uh, after a week of two wins? I am. Yeah. I am. Did did you enjoy those wins? I sure did. Did you attend those wins? I sure did. Mm. I did. Um, Wednesday's game was fun. Was yeah. awesome. No, Lynn Stadium was awesome. Lynn's great. We'll get into it. Absolutely. Um, and then Saturday, I mean, just it felt like it was nice to see him back to getting form. wins. Yeah. Actually, uh, you know, a little bit, little bit more aggressive. A nice two-one victory. Uh, Take it. Pretty calm, straightforward. Just got in there and did it. Yeah. I like it. Okay, but now our guest tonight is one of Scouse's house's own. He is our resident nerd, our button pusher, our computer guy, our behind-the-scenes man. Some of you may know him from last night's podcast or from earlier in the year with Perrin. Oh, yeah. But we all know him and love him as that Liverpool guy with the really great Great chef of a wife, Kenny Allward. Kenny, welcome. Kenny. Yeah, man, it's a it's a big deal to be here. I gotta tell you, I've been nervous about this all day. Man, what? I would be. Yeah, so you know, we came off the back of last night's win, and mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're still kind of like you're still in the the glow of it. It was mm-hmm. a, it was a big night for all of us, you know. It was. Um, Evan was there. We had a we had a big group. Uh, we had you know, Niall came in from uh, Lucy. It was great to see him guys from Liverpool, uh, supporters group from FC Kentucky, and it was just a really fun night. It actually was a little bit hard to kind of pare down the podcast. I'm sure. Uh, to pull it back to about an hour and 25 minutes, I think is what we pulled it back down to, because there was a lot of great content. But, it was actually uh, a four-hour long discussion, but wow. uh, he did a nice job of uh, condensing yeah. that into uh, reasonable. I just had to, so you know. really four hours? No, it was it okay. was, it was was an hour and 45, something like that. Yeah, uh, it was about it was, yeah. back a little bit. There was a lot of conversation to be had. It's yeah. a big game, and we'll get into it here in a little bit. You guys talk about me? Uh, we talked about you constantly. In fact, you were the main topic of conversation. It was you and Mo Salah. Those were the two things we focused on. I get it. All right. Um, one other thing we want to mention about Kenny before we get into our uh, coin toss tonight is uh, I don't want to mention this in the interview section. I want to actually give this devil his due. Our boy Kenny was recently elected and enshrined into the Kentucky Wesleyan Really? Athletic Hall of Fame. We are speaking to a all-conference, all-state, all-American, all-world, all-universe golfer, Kenny Allward. And congratulations on that uh, induction. Yeah, thank you very much. It was, it was kind of a really humbling experience. Um, 
you know, you never really think it's going to happen or something uh, for when you're I'm just a small town kid from the middle of sticks. Um, literally just playing in blue jeans when I grew up on a nine-hole course and then got recruited um, in college and did a few things there and was blessed enough to uh, be able to play on a bigger stage. And at the end of my career, I uh, was able to go to the NCAA championships. This Damn. Whole region. Um conference stuff and it's, it's weird to actually say it out loud because the only time I ever said it out loud was actually at the Hall of Fame induction thing um, so I, I appreciate you teeing it up much it's, it's, it's still awkward to talk up. About. much it's easier to let other people it, 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 that was good that was good much easier to let other people brag on you and we'll say that uh, if we ever have a supporters groups scramble we're yeah. really glad that uh, Kenny plays for Scouse's house. Yeah. So, uh, well, you're also very handsome. That should be said. Well, Shannon would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, she can't be here. She always brings the delicious goods. The, yeah. She does, and we're looking tailgate. forward to the next tailgate for yeah. uh, some more of those pretzel rods covered in yogurty goodness, yeah. amongst other those snacks. Uh, all right, Kenny, let's let's get into the good stuff here. Let's sure. toss a coin and find out if we're going to do a game review. What do we have? What do we have? So it's yeah, seven like to it. five in favor of Tails. Jeez, this is nervous. Yeah, no, this is big. It's tails again. Tails. What Eight is... to five tails. So what are the actuaries thinking right now? I, I think that, frankly, we're all supposed to go to the casino after this mm-hmm. one. So mm-hmm. we're uh, we're going to hit it up and see uh, if there's anything uh, good going on at the roulette tables or I don't know if they have a coin toss section of they the... They should. They should. I would they totally should do absolutely that. have that a coin toss That would be the easiest thing ever. ever. Are you I kidding like me? That would be amazing. I feel like war is very similar it to is. the casino. Yeah, we saw that in Vegas last time we were there, and I think somebody sat down and lost mm-hmm. eighty bucks really quick. I can't remember who it was, but uh, it wasn't me this time, which no. is a good feeling because I lost all the other money. Uh, but we, because it was tails, we start with a game review. And since the last time we spoke, there have been two games. We'll dive through them as quickly as we can before uh, uh, breaking down and parsing out what's going to happen for uh, this upcoming mm-hmm. week. But last week we played twice. The first game was the U.S. Open Cup second round matchup against the Long Island Rough Riders. <laughs> that will never not make me look <laughs> sure. I, uh, I thought that we really Trojan horsed them with this they, one. Oh, and, uh, we, uh, they had a rough ride, didn't they? They did. We got a very nice five to nothing win. Five separate goal scorers. A lot of people getting on the board, getting, yeah. getting their scoring legs back under them. Uh, I thought watching the game, at some point you just have to acknowledge that there's a difference between professionals and yeah. semi-professionals, mm-hmm. and that difference was evident. Uh, we didn't have any trouble controlling the ball. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any trouble moving forward. The only question was how often and how effectively would we finish. Yeah. And uh, once one of them fell, which I think was in like the 14th minute, something like that, it may have been as long as the 19th. I didn't go back and check. But... After we got that first one, everybody felt pretty comfortable. We got up to 2-0 going into halftime. And coming directly out of halftime, they or coming, going right into halftime, they had their one good chance, the Rough Riders did, that uh, induced a nice save from Dobro getting the spot start over Greg. And I remember thinking that if that had gone in, Maybe the nerves settle in a little bit. Maybe the guys get a little, uh, oh, well, we're supposed to be dominating. These yeah. guys were only up 2-1. But 
But uh, Dobro was equal to the task, and after Dobro that save, good man. He, he always. I, I have yet to see him not look good. What's like were, saying his if name? If you were behind Greg, mm-hmm. I mean, he would be starting for most USL teams. Yeah, there are not many that I would take over uh, Tim going forward, and that's that's saying something. What's his name's fun to say? And Dobro is a that's solid. It's a, a freaking great name. Solid nickname. I almost did it again. You did uh, well. Almost. I caught well, it though. Drink some more of that scotch. We'll yeah, see how yeah. we do. Um. Five nothing win. Five different goal scorers. The scariest moment came in like the 70th minute when uh, Ownby came up a little lame, had to come off the field for a little bit, and then didn't play in the next game as a precaution. I saw some uh, quotes from Coach O'Connor saying that uh, he could probably go if he had to, but that they weren't going to rush him back because no. we can't afford to. Need to. And uh, he he played well when he came on, including having an individually spectacular goal. Uh, where he beat a defender to the byline, and then right along the sideline, he came straight up and kicked a crazy angled mm-hmm. upper net goal. It was it was a moment of individual brilliance. That's just sometimes that's lacking with our team. We're we're so focused on the uh, the team aspects of the game and how well we can gel as a group and going forward in uh, uh, attacking formations. That since K left. I, I haven't felt like we've seen much of that. I'm just going to beat you and score because mm-hmm. I can. And it was nice to see. Yeah, so I think that was one of the things that we really looked for. Uh, you know, um, after back-to-back losses, which we have not assumed in a long, long time, mm-hmm. and we had had a loss all the way back to Toronto in, what, August, I believe it was? Yeah. Away. So we'd gone basically about eight months without a loss, and we go back-to-back losses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indy 11, Indy 11 was our – it was a harsh loss. It was. And that's okay. You're going to get those because we get some harsh wins when you look at oh, yeah. the other side. So to come off the back of those and actually walk into this match, I think it was actually the perfect time. We needed a little watershed moment. Mm-hmm. And for them to have the confidence for exactly what you said, he just took it down and he took his time. Yep. Mm-hmm. He wasn't too excited because we already had a little bit of a build-up play to it and he felt comfortable down there. It was a really beautiful goal. If you go back and watch it, watch the highlights, you're like, shoot, shoot. Yeah. And then he just waits. that a little bit longer, and it buries it. You go, wow, that's yeah. a guy with confidence, and that's what we need, I feel like. I agree. I think that Ownby is maybe the difference maker for this team this year. I think we really know what we have from the majority of our players, and what we have is really good. But we don't have that that individual spark that I think they kind of hoped Magnus was going to be, and he hasn't shown off much in the regular season yet after no. a great preseason. Yeah. But uh, he is maybe the the one real. I'm just gonna I'm gonna change this game on my own right now kind of yeah. player that we've got, yeah. and we'll need that going down the stretch. So do I we, say be cautious with him. Do we know who has the most shots on goal? Well, that is one one area in which we'll be very fortunate to have a statistician joining us next week. Oh yeah, but uh, I'm asking all kinds of weird until stuff. Until Austin comes in and uh, helps us out with uh, what's going on with actual numbers, I'll tell you that I feel like the shots are pretty evenly distributed. Cameron would be high on that list. I would He's, think Ombi would be up there too. Well, he just didn't play enough early in the year. Yeah. I mean, he missed the first several games. I imagine that it's not for. Uh, maybe per 90 minutes he might have a higher ratio, but I think that Cameron would probably lead the team. Yeah. And uh, it's particularly noteworthy when you think about the fact that all of the goals were scored by a different player. 
Kyle broke the dam open for us. Luke got one. Ilya got one. I think that Cam got one. Ownby got one. It was it was nice seeing it distributed, mm-hmm. and that is one hallmark of this team is that there's no yeah. one place that you look for goals every time. It is a group effort every time, which is outstanding. We easily could have won that game eight or nine to nothing. There were some shots that the keeper made really nice plays on, and there were some opportunities that maybe we were our timing was a hair off of. But uh, it was a dominating performance, and it was comforting to see it. Yeah, and it's also nice with the you know coming off the back of you know the the games, and then we've got what a Wednesday game, then we got a Saturday game, then we got a Wednesday game, then we got a Saturday game. And let's be honest, I mean we don't have the deepest of teams. No, in fact, we have the shallowest of teams. And we do. We have the probably the richest of shallow teams. If you yeah. if you could kind of like anybody you pluck off the bench is gonna be in very good. Yeah, if you if you're gonna have a shallow team, like we're the shallow team to have. Like Yeah, yeah. I mean because yeah. any one of them you're like you really could make a wrong decision by putting any one of these people on. Yeah. And those are the only people that you know Coach O'Connor looks for, but you know, and we have to be careful with that and that's probably why they didn't go to eight nil. Yeah. Nine nil. Mm-hmm. At some point you just go Boys, pump the we brakes. We don't need it. Yeah. Pump the brakes. Just Although, I'm not it. sure that Coach O'Connor has it in him to actually say it. I think it's got to be more of a Jedi <laughs> mind thing. Yeah. Like, you guys understand that we should probably not try to beat this team by 30, right? Uh, we don't need anybody going nuts and getting cranky and sad and knowing that they don't have anything to lose and breaking somebody's leg. But I thought that you're exactly right that – their individual talent and the collection, we've talked about this a couple of times, that mm-hmm. there's no 11 players that we don't feel comfortable throwing out there. Every one of our 11 could start on any given day. And a ton of the credit for that goes to Coach O'Connor because, I mean, realistically, if you look at this squad, it's a bunch of guys who didn't get opportunities elsewhere, who were cast-offs from elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, Coach O'Connor just gets the best out of them and turns them into a team, and it's really to his credit. Mm-hmm. So that's the uh, Long Island Rough Riders, who I will go back to wishing very well in their PDL season out there in New York. I will say one last thing. Our last guest, mm. Mr. Sh- the Sean Tosh, the Hulk. has embraced the Hulk name. Like, he has embraced it. it. He's given us the, uh, the tear the shirt off. He does off the tear the shirt off. By. It's yeah. awesome. It, it was funny because when y'all do the podcast and I was listed, because I obviously I have to listen through all the stuff where I throw online as a nerd status for what I do. For in, in case Andy and I go off the rails and start cursing Absolute, at mothers. Absolutely. Because you just have to know where the bleep button is. Um, when I was like, I changed the title of it actually to the Hulk. On the time <laughs> to make it more prevalent. <laughs> so it was out there. So, because he is, in fact, he is. Hulkalicious. Oh man! So no, he it was it. he did, and uh, I'm I'm hopeful that it, he continues to. He did not get to wear the brand new shoes. He said no. there was a uh, There's some chipping. There was a paint problem that I'm sure that the guys at Soulcraft will get sorted out for yeah. him in short order. So all right, that was the uh, that was the U.S. Open Cup match, and now we will move on to our actual season. The we played a game against Atlanta United two on Saturday night at home. In front of our largest crowd of the year, mm-hmm. a little over 8,600, which is uh, right where we should be. Yeah. I think that once school is out for everybody and once uh, mm-hmm. we we get into the real meat of the season, everybody's back from vacations, everybody's ready to do this, I think that you're going to start seeing that be about right yeah. for the well, whole Well, it was a beautiful night. I mean, it was. there's nothing about our crowd that surprised me. No, it was, the, it was a good night for it. And that was against uh, you know an uninspiring opponent. 
I mean, Atlanta is not uh, not amongst the elite and definitely not amongst the people who are going to send their own fans to us mm-hmm. and not one of our rivals that's really going to drum up a lot of blood to get out there. Yeah. So I was pleased to see 8,600, and I expect to see that kind of number for the rest of the year. Uh, those 8,600 fans were treated to a 2-1 to victory yeah. for the good guys. Yeah. yeah, for the boys in purple. We got on the board early. Which was great seeing mm-hmm. Cam. It wasn't any incredible shakes. The ball sort of ping ponged around mm-hmm. in the uh, in the eighteen, fell to Cam, and he did what he does best, and he just slotted he was it home. Steady on that, though. Yeah. He really was. He could have been rushed and sent that thing wide. Or the bigger fear is right at the keeper, because the keeper was in good position and it had to be well placed, and he did. He didn't put it right at him. He went to a corner, and it was good. So I've got a, I've got a one like really glaring stat at USL. You know, a lot of times you'll hear about people like that run the four four forty or the four sure. six forty. Mm-hmm. You know, in the NFL, um, I've seen the keeper twice. I, w- I got lucky enough to go to Atlanta United game uh, two weeks ago. Okay. Yep. So I was down there, and Brad Guzan got sent off in the twenty second minute, mm-hmm. and Mitch Hildebrandt was not available. Unfortunately, as I was texting a number of you all, because Mitch this, says yes, I was sitting in this beautiful suite. Uh, thankful to some other friends I have. And then the guy that actually came on was Paul Christensen, right. who was debutizing a goal again. And uh, I was sitting next to a guy that uh, was a full scholarship player at a high D1 school as a keeper. And he said, why do we have this guy out there? It's five foot six. Yeah, no, not nearly a big enough dude. He's and tiny. He's a tiny. guy. And so it was like number one versus number two, Atlanta United versus Sporting KC in the MLS. And I know it's an MLS podcast, but I got a point for going here with this. Right. Is, can you all read? We sat right behind I can't read in general. How, so. how tall do they say that this They claim that, that this not, guy, that the, not Atlanta United, the Atlanta that United is, website says that Paul Christensen is six foot one. No. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to harken back to something that really, really funny. That's hilarious. Quote. Uh, to get towards the end of something is that I'll wait till the end of the podcast I'm this, towards this recap of it. But we looked at them and we go, Sporting KC is number one in the West. Atlanta United is number one in the East. Oh, no. <laughs> this guy can't stop anything but a low shot. No, no. That's going to be trouble for ATL. No. Yeah. So as we bleed through this. That dude was not. No, I, I, as a person who is one. as a person who is a generous five eleven, I'll say I had at least three inches on this guy. You're not wrong. At least three inches on this guy, max. He was five eight in cleats. I'm not sure if you knew this about people over six foot. I don't know. Anything but it, there's about like a club of people over six foot. I'm six five, and he's like never been to one of the meetings. Further over six foot. Yeah, no, he's never been to the meetings. So you get he, to go to a VIP he, room. He in the doesn't six have club. the T-shirt. Velvet ropes. <laughs> that dude. That dude is not. And we're actually trained to point out people who say they're six foot and they're not. So <laughs> that's I'm why I've never right claimed now, it. That dude is not six foot. No, definitely not. And he uh, had no chance at saving uh, Cameron's uh, strike. It was into the bottom corner of the net, and uh, Cameron placed it perfectly. Yeah, uh, I felt like they answered quickly. Which was good for them. They got they got it back within like 15 minutes of us scoring, mm-hmm. and it was it took a deflection. It was a good shot. I mean, it was going to make Greg make a real play on it, and I feel like his positioning was right. And we have a good angle on that shot from where we were in Scouse's house, and it looked to me like Greg was positioned to make a good save, but it still would have been challenging. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it took a deflection off the back of Paco's head. 
and uh, wound up in the back of the net. There's nothing you can do about no. bad luck. No, no, I no. mean, sometimes it's going to bounce funny. And I'm sure that if I was doing an Atlanta United 2 podcast, I would say that the ball that fell to Cameron was bad luck for them because that ball had been ping-ponging around and suddenly it's right in front of your striker. If you were doing an Atlanta United 2 podcast, we wouldn't be friends. Then. No, I imagine we wouldn't. Kenny would literally fight you. Well, and I would I lose because I'm not in the six-foot club. <laughs> no, because it's kind of like a rod, right? It's kind of like when you're the king's out. I'm not tall enough to fight him. There's like a little thing. You're like, nope. You cannot get on the Viking rod. No. I would square up and Kenny would just chuckle. Um... It was a good. It was a. It was a good job by us to keep the pressure on. It was. I thought in the second half we played really well. There was some good attacking, linking soccer. I know Tosh, our man, the Hulk, had uh, an Hulk unbelievable ninety plus. He was. Uh, Hulk had an unbelievable ninety plus completion percentage on his passing for that game. Uh, I know that Speedy and Paolo both improved their form over a couple of previous. I won't say duds, but less than optimal performances. Right. And the the offense was threatening. We got 23 shots off. I mean, you put 23 shots off, you expect more than one of them to go in. And it just didn't happen for us until we got into extra time when uh, Luke makes a move in the box, gets pulled down, and we get the PK out of it. I will say that uh, Scouse's house vice president, Kevin, Kevin B., Kevin Boissano, uh, immediately hung his head when Ilya ran up to take it. I don't think Kevin liked that choice. Uh, I know that Ilya had actually missed the last PK he'd taken for us, but I I, I really liked the confidence that he went up and grabbed the ball Mm -hmm. with. I love it when a guy says, I want the ball. Give it to me. And I like that he didn't try to do anything tricky. I'm a purist when it comes to penalties. I want to see you go up there and say, I don't care if you guess right. I'm not trying to deceive you i'm going to hammer the ball yeah, hard i'm gonna rip this into a corner and you're not gonna get it so to that point in the post-game press conference one of uh and i'm not sure because i know you have a press pass were you there i was so the question was asked um it was it was a statement but a question that answered everything with the statement that was said to Ilya. said you were always going to put it high in the net weren't you and all he said was well, of course. Yeah. He had a plan. He walked up there knowing what he was going to do. He didn't care that. Didn't care where the keeper was, didn't care what his plan was. He says, I'm going to out-execute you. Because in penalties, you can get cute and the guy can recover and make a save. You can get cute and mess yourself up. But you don't ever lose if you hammer the ball yeah. hard to a spot. You just don't. They can guess right all they want. If you put it into one of the corners or or the you know right under the top half, you're not gonna have it no. saved. And that's what Ilya did. He said, "I'm gonna go up. And I'm gonna power this ball in, and you know, screw you if you think you can catch it." And he did it, and it was perfect. Yeah. That's in stoppage time. There was only about another minute and a half afterwards, and we claimed the three points. So I want to back up just a touch on that. I love everything you just built up to right there, but I don't. I think that something that was really neat about what uh, Coach O'Connor did with all three changes that we made in the team leading up to that were all three attacking changes. Well, that was actually the question I asked in the post-game press conference of Coach O'Connor, so I'm glad you brought that up. This wasn't planned, people. This was just good fortune. No, it was planned. Uh, it was no. It was yeah, we're taking a high five. A well-earned high five. A well-earned high five is not bad. <laughs> that's, 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 Especially on a Tuesday. Night. So I, I said uh, that 
we had it was a one-one draw when the subs all came on. And I said to Coach O'Connor, I asked him in the post-game press conference if he had made those all three offensive substitutions thinking that he wasn't going to settle for a tie. And he said, we're at home. We don't settle for ties. He said, we were always going to play for the win. I love that. There are coaches in this league who I don't care if you're home, away. I don't care if you are you know, up by one, tied. If, it is, if you are not losing – the changes they're going to be are going to made are going to be to bring in extra defense. And we had Pat McMahon healthy and ready to go in. We saw him play in the U.S. Open Cup, which welcome back, back McMahon bun. Yeah. <laughs> but, How much do you love in all its glory, <laughs> McMahon bun? But it was uh, and so we had a defensive sub that could have come on if that had been the direction we wanted to go to make sure we preserved the point. But Coach O'Connor's not interested in that. That's a team that he felt, you could tell, he felt we're better than you, we deserve a win, mm-hmm. I'm going to put on some more offensive options and see if we can't pound one in. Andy, so, like, for us, it's set behind the goal, and we're just all about it. We're, we're into, like, the, the energy of all of it. We want everything to be all full force. Mm-hmm. What's that do for, like, the, the supporters to see just a, a coach on the front foot just going forward, like, Offensive, offensive, offensive in a situation like that. Well, I've, you know, my biggest, I guess, for lack of a better word, critique of us this season has been, you know, in my uneducated, admittedly uneducated opinion. I think you're playing that card a little too heavy. I think I think that we're starting to run low on that. You're getting an education every week, buddy. Hey, thanks, guys. Hey, you'll be a master's by the end of the year. (laughs) But I think when you look at... um, Last season versus this season, you know, I think that you see a definite. There's not as much aggression. There's not as much. We're more concerned with breaking up their midfield than we were last season. Mm. Um, so, as the season has gone on, I think that we have been more aggressive, and I think wins like on Wednesday's game kind of like spur that on. Like, hey, we can do this. We can be that team. And I think you saw a little bit of spillover from that on Saturday's game. Like, no, like we are, we are in a great, can be an aggressive team and we can be a dangerous team. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you push that, when you push that, as, as far as like sheer spectator goes, that's what you want to see. If you're somebody who's come to like two games, right? You don't really know that much about it. You come to two games, like that's what you want to see is that aggression. And then if you, know a lot about soccer if you've played it if you you know you're very involved with it you still want to see that you still want to see that like you know let's score some points it's 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 way more fun to watch goals being scored than goals being suppressed exactly. it just is but to piggyback on what you're saying about us getting more and more aggressive as the year has gone along i think a lot of that has to do with players coming back into the fold yeah, uh, I think that a lot of the aggression that we would have hoped to have brought to bear at the beginning of the season relied on some speed from Ownby and Ballard that we haven't been able to deploy. Yeah, I think that some of it would have relied on Kyle Smith being able to play in his natural wing position. And again, nobody knows Kyle Smith's real position. The dude's a chameleon. He can play anywhere. Right. But the place we're most used to seeing him and where he's been the most effective for us has been in that wing back spot where he's overlapping and making runs and doing damage, but he's had to play as a fullback for big chunks of this season. And even when he hasn't had to play as a fullback, because Alexi wasn't fully integrated into the squad yet, 
He'd still had to drop a little farther back. Hadn't been able to be quite as cavalier with his runs. Mm -hmm. And so I think some of the aggression that you're talking about comes as we get more comfortable with the personnel and as the personnel gets a little healthier. You're seeing Ownby out there. You're seeing Luke, who we learned last week is the second fastest player on the team. Which is awesome. I, I, am, I am not getting in front of Luke if he runs. I don't care. Maybe that. Maybe that's it. They just said if you see him coming, you're getting out of the way. But it's uh, it's great to see the aggression come back. I yeah. couldn't agree with you more. Uh, so we get the two one win that puts us one point behind our uh, rivals to the north, FC Cincinnati. Uh, with a game in hand, admittedly, we've got one game to play that they do not still have to play. But currently, you know, the standings are the standings. We're a point behind them. I think that lends itself nicely to our game previews. So let's move on to our game previews, yeah. where we have, again, a smorgasbord hey, of games this week. That was a good review. Dude, you know, that I was really... a good one. I feel like Kenny really, you know, puts a hand on the tiller. It's absolutely, it's absolutely Kenny's contribution that mm. made that so good. Like, mm. if it had just been you and I, it would have been, you know, would have been passable. I feel sure. like you guys would not have said this if I wasn't here. I feel like no matter no. what, no. we talk about how when we're good, it's because of Kenny. And when we're bad, it's because Kenny wasn't so here. So the interesting part of this is this is, what, Podcast 13? Mm-hmm. This is and, 13. Yeah, yeah. So still to this day, and I have to review every podcast before I put them out to you, have not mentioned my name. So I'm not really we sure. talk that's, about you a lot that's before not and after. We don't want to oh. seem too fanboy. Uh, you know that's what true. I mean? Like, it's, we don't want to be it, those guys. I mean, frankly, if we start talking about the poster Andy's got in his room, that oh, starts getting creepy. awkward. We don't need to. All right. Yeah, that's creepy. But we'll talk about the preview <laughs> and stop patting each other's backs for the great review. But uh, for the preview, we've got another uh, just fortunate week of two games, which is fun for us and has to be misery for them because I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if you're playing, you know, high school kids. That's exhausting yeah. playing that much soccer, especially with as few subs as we've got and as few as we've got available. So. Uh, we got two games. The first game will be a, a renewal of the Kings Cup rivalry against the boys from St. Louis. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. I think that St. Louis has been, I think they're currently 9 or 10 in the Western Conference. They haven't had an unbelievable season. They are 10. They're 10th. They're 10. And they haven't been getting blown out. It's not like it's a bad team. It's The team has not quite clicked everything together. Uh, I think that they're under Anthony Poulos, the coach. Uh, I think this is his, is his second dad, year. Tony Poulos? I would imagine. He's got to be Tony Poulos because I've, I've heard O'Connor, and I keep wanting to look this up and I just haven't done it because I'm lazy, but he's, he talks about playing with Anthony over there, and Tony Poulos has got to be his dad. You would imagine. I haven't and, looked and it I, up either. I, I know O'Connor played at Sheffield Wednesday. and you, you Who's know, Tony Poulos? Poulos. Yeah, uh, Moved up and down in the Premier League and all this stuff. Oh, so okay. Manager, so he was uh, he was a prominent manager for a long time. He still he's, he kind of comes in and out, does his oh, stuff. Okay. So. Always the ball count. I imagine. I, although I think that they actually Which played I like. together. I think they actually played together at Orlando, though. I think it was after he'd already come over to Orlando I think when he came with them. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, and that's a friend of Coach O'Connor's, and it's that adds to a nice friendly rivalry, as does. The uh, the pair of former Lou City players who suit up for St. Louis, you get uh, Kadeem Dakers, uh, who through really just circumstance has become persona non grata in Louisville. We loved him when he was here. Yeah, he was beloved because of his speed and mm-hmm. a little bit of flair on the ball, uh, but. 
he took that money and went to Cincinnati, and you just don't come back from that when you're in uh, when you're coming back to Louisville. So, Kadeem got uh, doesn't get the warm welcome, but the man who will get a warm welcome is Sean Reynolds, and yeah, Sean yeah, Reynolds yeah. is still beloved here. Absolutely, you yeah. follow along on Twitter, and every fourth person is saying, "Sean, come home, Sean, we miss you," and I really like Sean. We've talked about this on previous podcasts: mm-hmm. the fact that he was great to Scouse's house, he was a great ambassador for the team, he was great in the community. Plus, he's a fun interview. He's a interesting guy. Zero to complain about with Sean Reynolds. I hope he scores eleven own goals this week. I, I want him. To, I want him to fail miserably. All over the score sheet. I you want his name all over the score sheet, don't you? I want him to fail miserably. I would like to see him fall down repeatedly. I'd like to see him get a red card for something stupid and nonviolent. Yep. Uh, I, I I want Sean Reynolds to fail spectacularly. A questionable penalty, and then <laughs> and then for the rest of the year, I want him to dominate. But for this game in particular, there is no there is no honor amongst thieves. There's no love lost amongst former bedfellows. It's just I'm sorry, man. You're playing for the wrong squad, and you're not, we're, we'll welcome you very warmly before the game and after the game. But during you are mm-hmm. you are the enemy, and he he's been getting a lot of minutes. He's been playing for them a lot. I know that. Unsurprisingly, no. I know that St. Louis has had some injury issues. They haven't been able to put out the eleven that they'd like to as frequently as they'd like Lots to. Lots of roster changes for them this year. Again, some serious turnover, and they had to change from the Eastern Conference to the Western Conference. They've really been the whipping boy of the USL. It sucks for them. Gateway division type ish type thing. They've had some bad luck in a couple of uh, instances, and. Uh, but they're not a bad team. I expect a really competitive game. I think that we can expect. Uh, I think we can expect something in the ballpark of a two-two kind of a game going into late. I think that they have some offensive firepower. They can score some goals, and I I think that it'll be a I think it'll be a really tight game. I don't care about their spot in the division. It's a rivalry game, no matter what anybody says, and it's a game where. These coaches know each other. They know what they want to, what each other want to do. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a close one. I'm excited to watch it. It'll be a lot of fun at Lynn Stadium on at 7:30 on Wednesday. It seven will, on Wednesday. Yeah, seven on Wednesday. So I, I think too. The other thing is, uh, St. Louis has been pointing towards this, just like we would hope to. But you know, St. Louis didn't play this weekend. Right, right. St. Louis uh, clipped Minnesota last Wednesday, I believe it was. Duluth. 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 Yes. Of the state of Minnesota. You betcha. Of all the 10,000 lakes. And so I think they, they were from Lake number six thousand four hundred and twelve. That's the worst one. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about that before in podcasts. We're <laughs> like six thousand four hundred twelve. Is the it's the garbage lake. It is. It's yeah. the stinkiest of the lakes, really. Sulfurous. It's awful up there. How would you even deal with it? I mean, you got the other nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine lakes, gorgeous and crystal clear. That one lake is just sixty-four twelve. I mean, there are no walleyes or no pikes. What are you going to do with that? It's all it's all the three-eyed fish from The Simpsons. They all have just started breeding. Yeah. No, it's uh, you're right. They played Duluth, and then they had a Saturday off, which. Man, that's a huge advantage. You 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 alluded to it earlier, but we had Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. That is a murderer's row of yeah. games. That is exhausting, yeah. especially for a team fielding as few players as we do, and especially for a team with the injury issues we have been facing. The legs have got to be getting tired. Everybody's got to be exhausted. 
I think the bigger, the, the big thing, I think the only thing that we can hope for Lou City, and we always know there's going to be the will to win, right? Because we're not a place that really does well with losing. We're just not. No. We've got a big eye on the prize because the next level, if we get to this, and it was funny, I was talking to somebody from the front office today about another subject, and I mentioned this. I'm like, well, who do we play next? And he said astutely, he goes, we won't find out till Thursday, and the match is Wednesday. Right. And it was a nice little slap in my face, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because we know it would be somebody in the MLS. Because yep. that's why I was already kind of like, I was like, who would we play possibly? Who would we play? Yeah. And he goes, it doesn't matter. And no. I said, I actually told him, I said, you sound just like a coach. He yeah. said, you're right. But that's how we have to think about it. So it was Passive. a nice little, yeah. as a fan, it was nice to hear that kind of just yeah. focus on what doesn't matter who we're playing. Yeah. we got to go out there and get the yeah. win. We're not playing anybody until we beat St. Louis. Correct. So, of course, it would be awesome to get to play uh, against an MLS side. Of course, it would be even more awesome to get to play it against an MLS side at home uh, or, <laughs> excuse me, or Lynn Stadium or wherever we would end up playing them. But we're not there. we got to beat St. Louis, and that will be a real challenging game. I expect, you know, 50, 60 St. Luligans to make the trip down. Yeah. Uh, they usually travel well. They we still give them a lot of credit for helping loyal, us, man. Yeah. and they, we give them a lot of credit for helping us figure out how to be a fan group. Yeah, uh, I don't think that the Coopers really had their act together yet when the first game happened. And I'm not saying you should; it's the first game. But them marching into our stadium with drums and flags and smoke and costumes, which there's always like a level of respect that I have if I'm walking up to a game and you see him parading in it's oh like, yeah it's like you know what you're our enemy but like yeah you respect get you get it they're like, a friend of me yeah, yeah they are the st louis is easily the most amicable of our uh, rivals and uh partially that's because we almost always beat them and we we almost always beat them but our most recent match against them was the preseason friendly where we drew 1-1 niall got a goal in that game and unfortunately uh, Paco put home an own goal in that game, and in, uh, it was bad turf. It was bad weather. It was bad luck, and the, it was it was really it was not a great representation of what mm, our squad is and what theirs is. So, I look forward to seeing this game. I think it'll be a good one, and the winner will move on to play against an MLS side. And it could be really any of the teams from the Midwest up to the Northeast. Mm. So there are a lot of good options, and I look forward to hopefully getting to play that game and find out who we'd get to match up against. I just hope that our um, savviness from, like, our cup run has kind of built us for this ability to kind of set things to the side and not have to always exert our legs for every moment. Right. You gotta that's, our best, that's our best, our best yeah. chance for this because we are boys. We're burning the candle on both ends right now. We are. And that's okay, and that's the way the team is built, and it's a very mm, – Functional, hearty, efficient team, mm-hmm. I think is the best way to say it. Yeah. We don't have to worry about who we're leaving on the bench because there's not really too many people leaving on the bench. But that's okay. We know everybody can step in. So that's my hope with it uh, because I do want to play the MLS team. I want to be the one out there in front of it doing all the previews, all these things. Yep. For it. So it's, come it's, on, boys. It's exciting, and we got to get this come win on, first. So yep. everybody get your uh, butts out to Lynn Stadium, 7 o'clock on Wednesday. If you haven't called Lee Nevis over at uh, the front office, give her a call. You can find that number on the City website or on the Scouts' house website. Michael. You've been you've been handling Michael, a nice British man named Michael. Well, he uh, with the entire ticket staff is great at what oh, they no, do. Oh no, yeah, uh, that I've like 
both games I've been getting Michael. Yeah, well, th- that's taking initiative on Michael. I appreciate uh, it. Yeah. Well, that's great. So anybody will take care of you, but uh, we have worked specifically with Lee on numerous occasions, and so that's who we plug. But that's Michael fair. sounds fine to me. I'm going to plug Michael. Uh, I, I hear where you're coming he's from. He's been consistent. It's been two games, but he's been sure. consistent. All right, so that's the uh, U.S. Open Cup match. The next match would normally get a lot more fanfare. We would usually spend a crap ton of time on this. We would normally, you know, light it up about FC Cincinnati, the upcoming match, the rivalry, the Dirty River rivalry. Uh, They're number one in the league. We're number two in the league. They don't like us. We don't like them. It's the whole deal. Harambe. uh, Poor Harambe, poor GB, poor everybody. Uh, It's not... It's not got that feel this week. And I think that part of that is because the U.S. Open Cup is sort of intervening. I think part of that is because the season is only uh, so young. Uh, I think that if you were playing this exact same game in September or in August, there would be a just a boatload of uh, pregame festivities and rank Riots in the streets. Sure, but it's still a huge game. At least I'll riot. It's a great rivalry game. FC Cincinnati is miserable on Twitter. We'll get to that later. Uh, they, uh, it's unbelievable. The, it's a good team over there, and I think that we are, there's no there's no fun way to say that a rival that you don't like, that you want to beat, that you especially want to see fail, uh, is good. But they're good. It's a good team. Yeah. They've been on a nice run of form. I know they dropped a game, I think it was two ago, to Bethlehem Steel. But I think that around that, they've got four wins out of five. Mm-hmm. And that's since they played us and lost one to nothing in the previous match. <laughs> but they get us again at Nippert Stadium. So two games in a row on the road against Cincinnati. I think that they will be out for blood. I think that they will want – I don't even think they want to win. I think they really want to bury us. I feel like this. it's kind of funny about this because I think from the fan standpoint, we're so tired about hearing about them going to MLS that we almost kind of become disenfranchised with them. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's almost been, been a thing of like, well, we're going to MLS, but. Yeah. So it, 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 to to like the, the, the Louisville City FC supporter – We've we've knocked them down. Yeah, they won the USL Cup, but we have the we have the championship, mm-hmm. and the cup is a run, right? Yeah. We talked about this last night in the podcast. It was like there's no way that Liverpool would ever be Real Madrid, like in a, a full season. There's just no Ooh, way. There's shouldn't. too many weapons. Yeah, shouldn't. Yeah, we should. There's no way. But in a one game match. But in a one game match. Yeah. So when I look at the USL Cup, they you're like, yeah, accept. Mm-hmm. And there's always that accept with it. Yeah. And now that they're they're so focused on the MLS. And even like when you watch their Twitter feeds, you watch sure. their fans. Listen to like, their podcasts. Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't blame them for it. I'm not mad at them about it. But it's almost like to me it's been like at some points like I want our guys to just go up there and just. just and yeah. Boys, remember where you're at. Yeah. And we are still the boss on the board. Yeah. and We have all the chips. And we can go all in at any point, And we can go in with a 3-7. Mm-hmm. All in. But you can't stand against it. But if we take a step back for two seconds from our city fanhood. It's hard to. It is. It is. And that's why I can only manage two seconds and then I I run out of breath. But if we can take a step back for two seconds, we can recognize that the main thing that Louisville lords over Cincinnati is scoreboard. 
It's like, hey, yeah, you guys draw more fans than us. And they do. You guys have a better shot at MLS than us. And they do. It's a different conversation, but it's the simple, honest-to-goodness truth. They draw more than we do, and they have a better shot at MLS than we do, and they pay their players more than we do, and they do more out- public outreach than we do in their in their community. It's a big, big deal that for FCC to do what they're doing, and I think that all of it's great. I think that they've got the wrong goal. I think that that's what we really have to lord over them is that we have the appropriate goal, which is to put the best team on the field and try to win the league that we're playing in. They are already trying to win a league that they're not even in, and they have been failing to win the league that they are in for that very reason because they are worried about how many tickets, how many people, Mm -hmm. how many stars, how many U.S. Open Cup matches. Those are great things to worry about and important for the USL. But in the end of the day, I think our goal is better. Our goal is always under Coach O'Connor to win our games, win our league. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the real difference. And it's not that they don't want to win. Their fans want to win. I have no doubt their players want to win. They have great, they have great support up there. It's yeah. fantastic. When oh, you yeah. see march in, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, I watched the last one when they are marching in. I'm like, that reminds me of... Us. I've been yeah. trying to beg yeah. and plead. Fantastic. I've been trying to beg and plead for Andy to come on up and watch this game at Nippert because it is worth seeing. It's worth seeing 25,000 people rock a stadium to show us what we can grow towards. Andy, why haven't you done this? It's because he doesn't really care. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Not about the team. He loves City. He doesn't care about me. Well, so, yeah. No, I that's mean, true. Get into that, Andy. What do, you, what do you think about that? I mean, where's... Is it important for Cincinnati to be um, compared against us? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Jeez, Kenny. I didn't know you were... <laughs> See, we try not to ask Andy questions. No, man, don't Kenny. ask me stuff. I ask you. You're the guest. I ask you stuff. Don't ask me. Kenny's, so, so, Kenny's a host at heart. Yeah, so here, oh. here's, here's my thought on that, just a touch, is that um, I, I think that the, everything with Cincinnati is in the, in the right heart with that. Um, I, I feel like the, the ownership group is... Kind of over. We call it like where I'm from. Out kicking your punt coverage. Oh yeah. That's what we call it. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, they're going to pull it off. Is so I cannot fault them for that. It's easier to say when you're a smaller club mm-hmm. for like when we're trying to do things the right way, build more a grassroots effort. We got mm-hmm. a ten thousand seat stadium or a twelve thousand seat stadium. We're building it for more a grassroots thing where you can see like why Columbus Crew. I got a very good friend of mine. It's a huge Columbus Crew fan, mm-hmm. and Columbus Crew's going away. Yeah, almost certainly. And they're the well, they're the original one of the original franchises. They are mm-hmm. outlasted many of the original franchises. Absolutely. So I think that's got to be a fear, and I'm not trying to put uh, doubt in Cincinnati, but it's just kind of an interesting dynamic. There are basically two ways to like catch a rocket or to build it in a certain way. Right. Um, and. Uh, I don't know, man, with, with what Cincinnati's doing with their ticket pricing and all the things. But sure. Well, it, so how do they how do they determine, like, how likely is it that they'll go to MLS? Like when you I give it like, a 95% chance. Well, what's, what's like, what's the determining factor? Like, what are they waiting money, on? Money, 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 money. But you got to buy your way into the MLS for one thing. So you got to have an ownership group that can afford a $500 million uh, franchise fee. And they've got that. They've got a billionaire owner who will pay that and be happy to pay it. 
You've got to demonstrate that you have a uh, enormous fan base that's willing to spend money on your organization, and they are doing that. Okay. You have to have a soccer-specific stadium, and that's been their biggest hurdle. If you haven't had a chance, I strongly recommend that you go to CincinnatiInquirer.com and read an article written by Cameron Knight, yeah. who uh, does a great job. He's of, a Pulitzer winner. He is a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, Pulitzer journalist. Winner. And he does a great job of breaking down the entirety of uh, the saga of the West End where they're trying to build this stadium and trying to combine it with uh, a community outreach board. They're try- the process of trying to get this stadium built has been long and arduous, and he does a great job of breaking down the entire timeline, all of the council meetings, all of the meetings with Don Garber and the, ML- and the MLS, Everything that they're trying to do, he does a great job of breaking it down. I recommend it. That'll that'll answer a lot of questions. But okay. it's really, in the end, it's money, stadium, market share. And they've got enough of all three of those things that if the stadium is completely and officially agreed upon, then that 95% chance says they well, go. Well, I think it also fits into, and that's perfectly what you're saying, like the market share thing. There's a reason that uh, Cincinnati has an NFL team, right? Yep. There's a reason that Nashville is going to be the next one that's going to mm-hmm. jump right out of our conference. Yep. Is going to have one as well because of the Titans, and so it makes sense from that market share standpoint. Um, it's just unfortunate that uh, some of the bigger grassroots areas aren't going to get sure. there that quick. But that's another conversation for another day with the MLS. One day we'll have USL. a long pro rail conversation, and that'll. I've been division. flirting with a pro rail conversation for a while. Yeah, but to but... get back onto the field for a second, we'll say that in this particular game, there's no secrets between these two teams. No, there's no, no love no. loss between no. these two teams. We got to shut down Kenny Walker. We've got to make sure that uh, uh, Welshman stays off the ball and Bone stays out of dangerous areas. Uh, we got to make sure that our guys are possessing the ball appropriately in midfield and pressing with confidence. That when we go after the press, that we're not letting anybody get one on one with our fullbacks in the backfield. As much as I trust Hulk and Paco and Alexi, uh, there's not. Uh, you don't want to see the quality that they have going one on one against anybody. So we got to make sure that uh, our presses are well timed and yeah. efficient. Uh, let's do some let's do some guesses, some uh, predictions, and then we'll move on to purple stuff. Kenny. Yeah. So uh, as far as are we doing both games? We'll do yes, just a score on St. Louis. Yeah. So uh, St. Louis. Um, I would be tickled to death. To back up and take a win against St. Louis uh, at two-one, and then move to a draw at Cincinnati. And that would be color me purple. How many goals in the in the draw? I'm nil nil. I'm fine. All right. I'm nil nil. Just just keep it as boring just, as possible. Get out of there with a just point. Just get a point. Move on. Andy, I'm saying four-one St. Louis against St. Louis or against four St. Louis. No, no, no. Against St. Louis. Okay. A beatdown. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're feeling good. All right. Cincy. Cincy. I'm saying 2-1. Also us? Uh, well, yeah. Six right. points out of two, I'll take it. I'm going to be unpopular here. Yeah. I'm going to predict that against St. Louis, we go in there and we go to go to extra time. Yeah. And that we, we get a 3-2 win in extra time, but that that drains yeah. us. And that we take a 2-1 loss in Cincinnati. I think that uh, Cincinnati's playing really well right now. I think they're desperate for a win against us. And I think that uh, they get one early in the season. I do think we'll catch them by the end of the year. I think that we'll pass them and win the win the league again. But I think that they catch us just 
drained on uh, Saturday for an away game with that much emotion. I think that they're going to find a way to get a win against us. I hope you're wrong. I really hope I'm wrong, too. And, uh, you know, please prove me wrong. I'm desperate for that. But that's my prediction. I'm saying. I said I'd be unpopular. I kind of have to. I I have things on him, man, the pictures that exist. But, uh, all right, so that's our uh, game review, game preview. Those are done. Mm -hmm. I thought adequate all across the board. I like the – the review is better. Better than the preview. I agree. We got. We got. Uh, it's hard not to get sidetracked into the MLS conversation with Cincinnati because that's what they get sidetracked. Well, by. I think the other thing is too. We did like review two games and mm. preview two yeah. games. I mean, that's a lot of table. Frankly, lot of... we are as tired as our uh, as our city boys I will be like in this no, we're not. game. We are nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't just we run will, for ninety minutes. We will never know that level of well, exhaustion. You did not also go through another podcast of almost two hours last night. We I, did. I feel like my hand is a little tight right now. We, I'm not we, gonna lie. We've got podcast fatigue. Um, all right, purple stuff. We got uh, three little bits to crank through here. The first little bit being that. Uh, a new partnership for Lou City. They've got a new partnership that they've agreed to with TKT. TKT. TKT, which was just announced, and that will be the uh, diversity and inclusion consultants to make sure that while we're building the new stadium that we're using uh, people of uh, multiple ethnicities and backgrounds and uh, creeds and everything, which is yeah. great. You like uh, all the people. That we're not going to build this stadium with, you know, just 11 white guys named Eric. Uh, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be an entire subset of the population and that's that's great that we're not that there's a level of inclusion which Scouts' house is all it's about. All about yeah. uh, also make sure that uh, those jobs go to uh, local businesses that those jobs get uh, Paid a living wage. TKT is going to do a nice job. I think this was part of the agreement with uh, Metro government when we uh, got it passed. And it's a smart thing for the city to do to make sure that those dollars, the investment dollars, stay yeah. in the area. And also a nice job by city to say that, yeah, we want to make sure that this is a, a stadium for all the people. So it's, it's great. Excited about it. We should all be super thrilled. Uh, number two, Oscar Jimenez. Old OJ. <laughs> OJ. I had no idea. Not only did I have no idea that they called him that, it just never even occurred to me to call him that. Yeah. We uh, overheard, because Lynn Stadium was an awesome place to catch a game, we overheard that uh, some of the guys on the team refer to Oscar Jimenez as OJ, and now that is the only way I'll ever think of him. And OJ made the uh, USL Team of the Week well-deserved. Yeah. Congrats. He's been a chance-creating machine. I think God, he had eight geez. chances created in this game. He's in the top five in chances created in the league. The guy just he puts the ball up on a platter and says, hey, guys, how about you go score? What about this thing? What yeah. about this one? Wouldn't this be this nice? If you're, on, if you're the opposing player on on, – I'm going to start calling him OJ. If you're the opposing player on OJ, I would assume that whenever he gets the ball, you've got there's got to be some panic to you. Like, oh, God. Yeah, what's Come he going to do now? It's uh, it's it's well deserved for Oscar, and it's uh, continued a nice string of uh, you know player and coach honors, which are well deserved. The third piece of purple stuff that I want to reference is it's been alluded to a couple of times by Kenny tonight, <clears throat> but if you uh, haven't had a chance yet, I strongly recommend that you go onto the Scouts' House podcast page. And instead of seeing a podcast numbered and hosted by Andy and myself, 
you will see a Champions League podcast uh, devoted to the Champions League final. We brought together a great cast of characters. Kenny hosted it and did a fantastic job keeping us all on track, on target, and mostly on time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's it was a lot of fun. It does a great job of illustrating why this game is cared about globally and why we should care about it locally. If you are a Champions League fan, check it out. If you are a fan of soccer in general, check it out. And if you haven't, if you don't know much about it, it's a good learning experience. And Kenny, uh, it was well done. Thank you very much. So it was it was really nice. We had a great crew. I didn't expect so many pe- people from the, the actual from the uh, Liverpool FC Kentucky Sports Group. They know? did great. Yeah, they were fantastic. They're the president, oh, Shep, and Shep, Austin. Chaz, Austin. Yep. They came on and they brought a lot of content. It was fantastic to hear from them. And it was kind of nice to sit down in a big group. There were eight of us that were sitting yeah. there. And, and there was no there were no agendas. I mean, even with, you know, Scouse, president of our group, and I alluded to you quickly because you hosted our podcast for everything that we do, and you were very gracious to take on Real Madrid just because that's something we needed to slot in. And then Niall McCabe comes in and shows up Louisville City for the last, you know, at the last minute, and he shows up, and all of a sudden you've got this group of guys and nobody took anybody's opinion more important than the other ones. No. And I went back and listened to it again today to make sure that I had it edited and do all the things right with it. And it's a really informative, nice way for people to get involved with the biggest spectacle outside of the World Cup final. Mm-hmm. In the and world. This is this. 500 million people are going to watch this game on Saturday. So it, it doesn't matter if you like soccer. It's going to be on for two hours. Yeah. And that's a great thing. It's not a Super Bowl that lasts five hours. And I love the Super Bowl. I'm a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So I'm used to football Ugh. games last forever. And that's fine. I know it's real weird. <laughs> oh. But you're still going to eat that cracker. Right? I am going to eat the and cracker. And these are two fun teams to watch. Two teams that score yeah. goals. Two teams that have spectacular individual play. And, mm. and uh I think contrasting but complementary styles. I think it makes for a really interesting game. Guys, get out to Molly Malone's. Get out to Melwood Tavern, one of our sponsors. Get on out to whatever your local bar is that you know you can catch a soccer game at. Or sit down on your couch, turn on, and tune in. Because if you like Louisville City enough to listen to something like this and you are not paying attention to the biggest one of two of the biggest soccer games in the world... Uh, you're missing out, so please check it out. This is the Kentucky Derby of all things soccer. Mm-hmm. It is. It's, it's the biggest spectacle there is for it. And it is going to be a fun game. So if, if you get a chance, and thanks for the plug for it, but it's a plug for just all things. And I know one of the big things for Evan as well is to be sure that uh, soccer is promoted in the city in the right way. It's a it's a good listen to. It's There's a lot of good info on it. And listening to Niles perspective on that that was really interesting hearing the irish perspective on it as well. agreed agreed niall was really gracious with his time he was uh smart and engaged he's a huge liverpool fan uh if you guys love lou city and love niall mccabe as basically everybody does who loves lou city yep. the all-time leader in appearances for lou city then uh please give it give it a listen and i think you'll enjoy what you hear all right, that concludes our purple stuff. We're going to do a uh, abbreviated interview of Kenny right now. Oh. I think we're going to abbreviate because we've had Kenny for one podcast before when he was kind enough to bring Perrin Johnson along. And now we've had a great friend of Scouse's house. And it has been. That was a good interview, too. That it was, was a fun interview. That was a fun night in it the went, pouring rain. It went a lot of places. It did. And uh, we've also now had him for an hour and a half on last night's podcast, hosting and doing the job. 
And now we've had him for an hour of this podcast, so we'll 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 get to a couple of highlights about Kenny. We'll see how he feels about Andy's big question. And uh, so, uh, the one one of the things I want to know is, uh, Kenny, you are, have been really helpful with everything that there has been to do with Scouse's House since the leadership group was formed. And I want to know, how did you know you wanted to join and join the leadership group of a supporters group? I didn't. <laughs> well, that's easy enough. <laughs> I didn't, actually. Um, so what happened was uh, we had been looking to uh, come to some Louisville City Games for uh, about a year and a half. And it just so happened that uh, my wife and I were at a little, uh, we live in J-Town, so a little J-Town uh, community event. And Lucy uh, truck was parked there, and I actually needed a, a new coffee mug. It's gonna get really, it's gonna get really complicated, guys. I need a new coffee mug. Yeah. So we had already planned on going to the game the week forward, and so I'm like, oh, I'd love to have Lucy coffee mug. That'd yeah. be great. We just couldn't work it out because our kids were getting certain times. Doesn't matter. We couldn't make it to the games so and whatever it is. Doesn't matter. So like, oh, get a coffee mug. Yeah. Can you fill us out? Yeah. Cool. Here are your four tickets because you won. We got the email nice. two days later. So. Huh. I get an email from Dave Walkovic, um, and you know, director of, of ticket sales. You won the tickets, great. So, as being a nerd, and in where I'm now in, you all know me as the nerd uh, as far as social media and all the other things. Um, I started looking up on the Saturday morning. I'm like, mm-hmm. who's tweeting about things? Because I'm sure tweeting. How do I get more content? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm tweeting about stuff, and I see black sheep, and black sheep are really active that morning, and it's on Clay Street. I'm like. Why is it on Clay Street? This is really weird. I'm like, FC Newport? What's FC Newport mean? There you go. It's FC Cincinnati. I don't get it. Okay, cool. We'll show up down there. So what happened to be was Forecastle was down there. So we all had to not be in the parking lot that we now know where we're always going to be sure, parking. Sure, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So it's like parking Clay Street. Okay, that sounds cool. Now, uh, a fan of Green Street Hooligans and being a huge Liverpool supporter and walking through the streets and doing different things... I knew some stuff about like walking through streets. We go there and I find Eric Belmonte from Black Sheep. Eric goes, you're a Liverpool supporter? Yeah. You need to go talk to this guy. You gotta meet Scouse. You gotta meet Scouse. <laughs> so I walk over there and he's dragging me over and he's got me and my wife and two best friends and my daughter and her friend and they're already bored as crap as they could be immediately. The drums are going off and we're over on Clay Street. So they drag us over and set us down next to Scouse, and Scouse just clears it off as soon as he hears that I know something about Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Scouse and I start talking. And I know a decent and amount of... two years later, they're married. Right. I know exactly. I know a decent <laughs> amount about Liverpool, so we just hit off immediately. So bang, 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 bang. And then the best part about it was uh, watching my friends as we're walking down Main Street. Because if you remember that day... There was an FC Newport sign up. Oh, yeah. All the people from Cincinnati were coming up there getting their pictures taken in front of it. It was a great, friendly sure. atmosphere to it. Fun stuff. And then we walked down Main Street. And it was true like Green Street hooligans. We're all walking down Main Street doing that deal. And uh, I looked at my wife and I go, really? We're home. Really? Yeah. This is it? So that's how we got in. Well, and we're thrilled to have you. You've been uh, vital to uh, the public outreach side of uh, Scouse's house, and particularly to the fact that Andy and I wouldn't be doing this if we didn't have Kenny no, to be able to true. push the buttons that's behind the true. scenes. You're like a, you're very much a, um, like the unsung music producer, like the Rick Rubin of hmm. our podcast, minus the beard, minus the beard. But I've got enough for both of us. So. That's true. 
Thank you. Uh, I, I only have one more question for Kenny before we hand you off to Andy's real thinker. Uh, <laughs> the the only question I have is that uh, whenever anybody hears the name Kenny Allward associated with Louisville City Football Club, and I've experienced this a couple of times where I've been like, oh, yeah, Kenny's going to take care of this for us, or, oh, you need to get a hold of Kenny because basically if anybody asks me anything, I just tell them to talk to Kenny. Yeah. But uh, anytime I mention Kenny Allward's name, the first and only thing they really want to know is, how did you get married to her? Your wife is way out of your league. You are out kicking your coverage, and the question is, how did this happen? She has very bad eyesight. Mm. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> she doesn't listen. Her hearing is, she has hearing impaired. Look, it's a little impaired on the right side. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you I just stick it, to anytime, her right. Oh, yeah. Anytime you see me, there's always a picture of me on her right side. <laughs> she doesn't understand what she got herself into. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she is the, the rock of all of it. So every time people always say that, that's my thing. Is like, you got kicked your punk up. I'm like, you have no idea. But he, we were back on the 10-yard line, and I cracked this thing out of the stadium. Just and waiting. Like, and they are sitting there like, how did you do that? And I'm like, she doesn't see very well. Just but that, It makes me mad, though, actually, Andy. It makes me Why? mad. That, because people don't like want to like actually embrace the fact that she doesn't see that well. <laughs> Everybody just assumes that you're being modest. No, I know. And they're like, she just really doesn't see that well. Because the, I'm like, how in the world could you? you know, no, no. Um, Kenny. So, Kenny, Andy's already told you you're a handsome man. Where you don't have to lot. fish for more of the compliments, Kenny. The uh, if you if got you, a very Billy Zane handsomeness about you. You do look like you do look like the villain on the Titanic. So the funny thing for me is the that Phantom. He's the Phantom. I know he got really nervous for Andy a little while ago when Evan goes, "No, Kenny's kind of like a, a host, but." We don't want him asking questions because Andy got nervous. Yeah. And then every yeah. time Andy throws a bar bat, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. That's it's it's all it's all a very precautionary tale no, around it's, here. Yeah, it's, don't don't yeah. Uh, but in all seriousness, seriousness, I want to say that uh, as far as I'm concerned, the Allwards are the first family of Scouse's house. Scouse is obviously the grand poobah mm-hmm. and the uh, the umbrella under which we build this whole thing. But uh, Shannon and uh, Kenny and their two daughters do an amazing job of Thank keeping you. us yeah. keeping us together, keeping us fed, keeping us entertained, and keeping us on the air. So Plus you get that sweet truck and the badass Tacoma. You're just saying, man. So now, with no further ado, I pass you <laughs> off <laughs> to the to the Siskel to my Ebert. <laughs> Which one is the one that's dead? I don't know. I was thinking that Siskel was the. You're the Siskel, and I'm the Ebert. I think Ebert's the fat one. Come on, dude. Don't don't do that to I, I'm not. That's I, my friend you're talking about, bro. Don't do that. I'm sorry, Roger. Okay, Kenny. If you had to pick a movie from the last two decades, okay, that you think was a perfect metaphor mm. for a championship season. What is it, and why? Hmm. So, one of my favorite movies ever, and I've thought about this question a little bit, and I, every time I try to think through how this is going to ask this and how going to make this better, and I just keep going to a movie I love. It's Friday. Friday! <laughs> Ideal. Now I want to hear the rationalization. I want to know why. I want to hear the rationalization. I'm with you. Great I movie. Know why? 
Great movie. How do we tie it back to LCFC winning the cup? So it can't just be a one season thing. It has to be more of like, how do we look at this as a global effect of this? You got to think about it. Got to have sequels. <laughs> you got to think about like, we're in Kentucky. It's not the hotbed for soccer. No. No. Is it? No. Where are your hotbeds of soccer? Uh, in the United States or? In the United States. In, in the United, United States. States, the hotbeds of soccer tend to be, you're thinking metropolitan areas. I know Los Angeles has a vibrant uh, soccer community. Mm-hmm. I know that, uh, honestly, a lot of parts of Texas, due to a large Hispanic population, has a big population, big, big soccer communities. Uh, you're thinking of New York and their long history of soccer. Uh, Florida produces a lot of really great players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honest to God, Indiana, mainly because of Indiana University, but uh, Indiana is also a big soccer producer. Those are what I generally think of. Yeah. So I, w- I was trying to think through this. And I was trying to do some different things. And I was thinking, man, I know I got to be good at this because I, I know because I have to listen to all these podcasts before I put them out there. I'm like, I got to know this question. And then just in the last 10 minutes, I'm like, you know what? I think it's Friday. Here's why I think it's Friday. It was just kind of a fun-loving thing to do, to have like Louisville City FC. Right? Okay, I like it. And they they weren't really supposed to have this much attention brought to them. And at the last minute, if you remember, Smokey kind of messed the whole deal up. <laughs> and, they were, and they were all going to get shot. And there's Ice Cube. And Ice Cube's like, how did I get pulled into this whole deal? Yeah. And he's got to beat Devo. Yes. And he didn't want to. No, no man. he didn't want to. He saw everybody else being beat up on the block, and yeah. then there's a little team from Louisville comes up, and they stand up and they grab a brick. Yeah, and they take Devo down. Devo been clocking everybody. Yeah, poor Rochester Devo he stole that. He stole that dude's chain. His grandma gave him that chain. I know, but he'd been grabbing the bikes, everything else. He was taking the Fritos, chili cheese Fritos, oh, and all that stuff, and then pulled out of the joint. And then here comes Louisville, and they just keep showing up, right? We have and done that, and we didn't pull the gun out. No. It's been uh, it's been just winning the right way, and and he stood up at the By last minute. Any means necessary. That was the and he pulled it out and he just clocked it. It was done. Everybody just kind of looked around. They're like, there it is. Friday. Damn, Kenny. That... Friday. <laughs> that's 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 going deep on both Friday and LCFC. Yeah, that's that's a I, a. I'm impressed with your knowledge of Friday. Sure. B. I'm impressed that you – there was nothing in that explanation that was a stretch. No, it all made you, sense. You weren't reaching for anything. That was yeah, – Well done. I'm, I'm that was spectacular. And I'm, I'm really optimistic that 2018 will be uh, next Friday and that 2019 will be Friday after next yeah. and that we've got a little uh, – we got a little run ahead of us. So that's – I like it. I like everything about yeah, it. Yeah. I'm – yeah. And uh, – uh, instead of saying bye, Felicia, I'll move us on to the next uh, next little topic, and that'll be a, a brief ba- a brief bit of banter. That's harder to say than you'd think. Brief bit of banter. Brief bit of banter. Eh, never mind. You did it fine. Uh, what, <laughs> with FC Cincinnati coming up, I wanted to talk a little bit about a uh, post that was making the rounds today on Twitter. There, uh, the Pride in Cincinnati, uh, the supporters group, the Pride. They have, of course, their own blog, podcast, all that jazz, the same as their supporters groups here. And uh, they posted a blog post today that was exceptionally complimentary of Coach O'Connor, which on first glance felt like it was uh, being magnanimous 
and uh, talking about you know a guy that they actively dislike, but recognizing him for being as great as he is, and it did. It goes into all the details that you would want about how Coach O'Connor is a fantastic tactician, that he is a amazing player developer. It goes into how he you know turned a playing career into a coaching career. And that, <laughs> excuse me, I'm trying to not choke on me saying nice things about FC Cincinnati. It hurts so, doesn't it? Yeah. But uh, then they, they, if you read between the lines, and not even all that between the lines of this article, they're also just completely shit talking the uh, the entire city of Louisville and our organization. They call us cheap. They call us small. They call us unimportant. They say we shouldn't have ever existed because we were supposed to be Orlando's B team. They talk a lot about uh, all of the reasons why Coach O'Connor should leave Louisville City Football Club and where he should potentially go. No surprise, they forgot that soccer existed anywhere other than MLS. I think that if Coach O'Connor ever leaves, it'll be going to go to Europe. But uh, they desperately want him to go to MLS because, A, he wouldn't be coaching us anymore. And, B, as far as Cincinnati is aware, MLS is the pinnacle of soccer. I'm a marginal MLS fan, but I can tell you definitively that MLS is not the pinnacle of soccer. Uh, I wanted to banner about it because I'm curious about uh, Kenny and Andy's takes about, A, Cincinnati doing such a dastardly backhanded compliment to us and our coach, and B, what do they think about Coach O'Connor's future? Andy? Mm -hmm. Coach O'Connor, how long do we keep him? Four years. You think we get four more years? His yeah, contract runs through the first year at the new stadium, and you think that he'll give us one more year after that? I do. I would be thrilled if we keep him that long. Kenny? You know, I, the, the one thing I've figured about Coach O'Connor is he, he buys into a lot of the players of um, who they are and what they're about, and I think that normally reflects back on the people that are hiring those people, if that okay. is what they're really mm -hmm. into. That doesn't mean that he's going to be forever there and all those things. It just means he's a solid, solid guy. Uh, I know his family loves Louisville. Mm -hmm. um, I know a number of people that live around him and they're, you know, they have kids in school with him and just solid people to be around. Um, there's no doubt that Europe is going to come calling. I, I, I think he will be back in the, I'm not sure EPL. I think he'll probably go back to the championship probably first. I wouldn't uh, be shocked if he ends up in League One first. But, yeah. Yeah. And come up with a lot of high credentials. The only thing is, the thing that will scare him, especially the kids probably his age, is that how quickly that rug can be pulled out from underneath. You Absolutely. Know, and he's from there, and he knows it. And I think there's a really solid uh, reason that he's here and committed to the community, not just because he's a good person, but also he understands the importance of people that aren't going to pull the rug out from underneath him. Because we see even the top managers in England and Europe, they're there for six months and if things aren't producing well mm -hmm. and he's not a guy that brings in he's not you know as we talked on the podcast last night last night about actually Zidane you know Zidane he's not going to walk into a situation that Klopp is right right he's Klopp not going to work into a five-year project Zidane is going to walk into a, a nine to 14 15 16 month project right so that is not I don't feel like, like that's who he really is I don't know how long we'll keep him I think it's really um, the backhandedness of it for the banter section is I take that as a compliment. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So uh, I do applaud that for them, and it's interesting for them to look at that and take a, take a look at that because I know that we grab a lot of headlines, and I don't blame them for that because it, it does get the clicks and it does do those things. Sure. So 
I don't think he's the guy that's going to jump ship that quick. Um, I would not be surprised if he got snagged somewhere. I think MLS is going to be the better situation for him and his family. I agree. Hmm. I, think, I think it would work better. Uh, I, I think that it's got to be the right situation. I actually think that uh, – actually, from knowing what I know about Atlanta United, the way they're building the team up with Arthur Blanks uh, and other owners like them. Wouldn't be a shock to see somebody, somebody – a team like, like that. that that actually builds it from the ground up that's not looking for a – you know. A, Buy it at a hundred million, sell it for a hundred and seventy-five million in mm-hmm. twelve months. I don't. He's too sharp for that. I think I heard Jordan Cooper talking. Uh, I feel like it was him. I've had conversations about this with about eleven people, so they are all blending together now. But I think it was Jordan Cooper who was talking about how uh, Coach O'Connor has so much control over the team, mm-hmm. which I think that he'll want. I agree with uh, with whomever said that uh, that it would. Right now, he makes every soccer-related decision for this club, and he's not going to have that with a bigger club. There will be technical directors and presidents of the team and uh, owners that will want to step in and be involved. Here, it really does feel like we wrote him a blank check, not in terms of money, but in terms of decision-making. You tell me where to go, we'll go get him, and then let me coach him. And he does a great job with doing that, and he'll want a situation similar to that, I feel like. There will be teams that will come calling and offering that uh, and it's more likely to be offered in MLS or a League One kind of a situation where there's room for a lot of growth I think that he's I think he plays out the contract I think that we see him through the first year in the new stadium so we get him this year we get him next year we get him year one in the new stadium and then I won't be at all surprised if he leaves then now it's also possible that we win the cup again this year and make a nice open cup run and somebody says we're going to offer Lou City's ownership you know a crazy dollar figure to woo this guy away Mm -hmm. and then he just leaves I get that that's always a possibility but I think that he gets one more cup one more piece of hardware between the next three years and if we do then he'll be a uh, he'll be a hot commodity and he'll get a job either in a lower level English side or yeah, I mean, he could easily go home to Ireland and coach in Ireland at maybe even level two. And uh, I could see a lot of options for him to make make other choices. But I do think my expectation is that he plays out the contract and then uh, wisely signs a deal with a team that wants to give him a lot of control over where he's going. Mm-hmm. He's been great to have. And FC Cincinnati is astute to recognize how much of our success – is predicated on Coach O'Connor. He's made the vast majority of the player decisions. He's done the diligence on who we sign and how we develop them and what system they play in. So, I mean, a lot of our success is based on that. Maybe we get the wrong coach in here and we aren't what we are now. But also, some of the credit has to go to the ownership group and the leadership group for picking him in the first place. They picked the right guy. They didn't say, oh, John Harks is a huge name in America. We'll get him. They said, who's a good coach? Who's somebody who understands the game and player development? They found him. They took him. They kept him. We've signed him to this multi-year deal when we easily could have gone year by year with him if that's what they'd chosen to do, but they showed a commitment to him because he's outstanding. And who knows what happens with MLS you know, via the USL, too. So there's a lot of things that can change in three, four years. So yeah. I Maybe by the time we're in the new stadium, we yeah. have ProRail or yeah. are on the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... We, we look forward to that, and uh, goodness gracious, we know that we have a gem in our hands, and uh, I think that he's equally as indebted to the ownership group and the uh, city of Louisville's supporters. You can hear it in his voice. You absolutely can. 
I remember hearing him talk about his boys at the Metro Council meeting when he stood up in front of the Metro Council talking about the stadium, and he spoke to them about the quality of men that he had brought into this community, and uh, there was a lot of pride in his voice. And uh, the pride in Cincinnati, uh, I admire that they recognize how great Coach O'Connor is. I would tell them to probably you know, keep an eye on their own house. You might notice that in this podcast we've talked about poor planning on their part, poor goal setting on their part, and uh, how their actual players do, not about uh, how they got there or why. Maybe focus on your own house a little bit, mm-hmm. but uh, that's that's neither here nor there. It's It was an interesting article. It was well-written and interesting. And so, yeah, it got clicks. It got me to click, that's for sure. I'll fight him. And we have reached that point in the podcast where Andy is ready to fight. I am threatening violence. I'll do it. We'll fight him. We, uh, we've had a lot of fun talking with Kenny tonight. I think we've covered a lot of a lot of subjects. I think we're excited about two games this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, week. we've gotten two podcasts off this week, which is fun for Scouse's house. Get out to Lynn Stadium. Make the march up to Cincinnati if you've got the time because it is worth seeing. Say what you will about those guys, but the stadium is rocking, and we're a big part of that when we show up. So uh, be a part of that. Sit with the crowd in the Loose City section. Yell at people in good good humor and good uh, nature, and then uh, root our boys on to what is hopefully going to be a uh, table-topping victory. Uh, I've had a lot of fun tonight, Andy. Any fun? Yeah. Some fun. Pretty good fun. Pretty good beer Kenny brought us to. Yeah, this was this is a For all beer. future guests of Scouse's house, we can be bought. The it nice is. things we've said have yeah. been almost entirely because of beer and beer cheese. None of our other guests, I'm looking at you, Sean Tosh. Come on, Hulk. Has ever brought us anything to eat or drink before. Somebody's gonna bring us steaks one day. Yeah. Go onto the Scouse's House website also, get your membership, get your uh, t shirt. And uh, we'll make sure that uh, people more responsible than me get those out to you. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Kenny, Allward, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for letting me be a part of this. So uh, thank you guys for your continued work just from um, from fighting from the very beginning when I took over uh, the marketing side of it, uh, knowing that the website and all these uh, things need to have a, an avenue to be out there. And uh, you guys took it and ran and if you didn't, uh, the website would have been useless and there'd been a lot of money wasted by the supporters that do care about Scouse's House and care about the international community. So the work that you guys do is not overlooked. I tell you all the time, I don't text you because I don't have your cell number, so it's you're okay. lucky it's okay. to not have that. And I don't have your Twitter. Oh, because you don't have a Twitter. <coughs> no, Andy is incognito. I don't tweet. I'm a little off the grid. It's hard to find Andy in Dickensian London. Mm-hmm. I know. So back to your pickpocketing. What's left for you in the rest of the night for pickpocketing? Honestly, I need to treat these wounds. I'm like just I'm legitimately really terrible stupid. at it. And when you're bad at it, here's how bad I am at pickpocketing. When I try to pickpocket, I'm not only do I get caught, but I don't see the guy behind me who's picking my pocket and stabbing me. I've got four or five pretty deep wounds in what I'm assuming are some vital areas. So I'm going to go to the hospital. We're going to convince Andy to give up his career in pickpocketing, and we are going to wish you all. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. We're going to wish you all a very fond evening and say, as always, go city.